With that, I need the entire Burleson clan here in the second row to come on up. Eli, you're my helper. You come on up as well. Isn't this swanky? We have sort of a homey feel here on stage today. And uh, we didn't provide enough seats for all of you, but um, kiddos, you're just going to be here for a short time. So I'm going to turn this on uh, so you can have it on. Maybe parents can sit and kids can stand. You guys have young backs. Um, so here's what we want to do is uh, before, before the youngers depart, uh, thanks for coming up here on stage, guys. Um, this is one of the weird things about being in a ministry family is like you're having a rough morning and you get dragged up on stage to have a rough morning in front of people sometimes. And here you are, a visiting family. Um, we love you guys dearly and have known you for a really, really long time. In fact, I forgot. Um, let me take you back to Cupertino circa 1998. I'm not talking Apple products and releases. That was going on. But far more importantly, there was a family named the Our Family at Valley Church, which planted this church 15 years ago, and another family called the Nemec Family. You know Phil and Mindy and Claire and Grace and Robert really well. Um, and they were welcoming their brand new youth pastor. Their brand new youth pastor was this guy who was coming with, uh, they had one child and one child on the way. Um, that was yours truly. And we got to know this family. This is the Burlsons. Uh, fast forward a ways. And those are, that's Tegan. Next to my head is Tegan, our senior in high school. Uh, we were on a bike ride um, one time. And really, this is more how we normally look. That's a, that's a better reflection of, of our family. But Amanda, when she was little, when she was in junior high, Becky had her in a small group in junior high. And I remember Amanda really wanted to be a missionary in Africa. And when she started bringing around all these guys that she dated, not really, just kidding, um, we wanted to make sure, as some of her spiritual older brothers and, and parents, we wanted to make sure, like, who is this guy? And this guy, Ryan, shows up, and myself and Glenn Miller had the distinct privilege of getting to, to marry these two. How long ago now? 15 years ago. So right when this church was being born, this family was being born. Um, and so I want, uh, Eli, you go ahead and ask really loud to them what you're, what you're going to ask them. So kiddos, you guys can go around and, and uh, introduce yourselves. I'm 11, and my name is Hope. It's, it's Hope's candle, actually, today. Oh, perfect. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we lit a candle. <laughs> I am 10, and my name is Mercy. Awesome. I am 6. My name's Justice. Awesome. And Eli has one more question for you, real loud. What's something you guys like to do when you have some free time? Uh, maybe play with my puppy. Ooh. I like to read. Like to read, okay. I like to play on our playground. Play in your playground. Okay, and I have one more for you. What is your favorite... Uh, food that you guys eat in Africa that we don't have here? <laughs> they had no idea they were going to be asked questions. They thought they were just going to stand up here and look cute. Biltong. Uh, you have to explain that one. Biltong is kind of like um, beef jerky, but we would never, you know, we think it's so much better. So it's actually <laughs> air-dried. 
Um, and it's illegal to bring it to the United States <laughs> because it has not been cooked. So sometimes when we've been on flights from South Africa to here, the customs guys specifically like look at us and they're like, did you try to bring biltong? Because people will try to sneak it across. Wow. And what's the meat? So, any meat. Okay. Sometimes it's fun meats like game meats like kudu That's or ostrich. Yeah. Or, wow. But a lot of times it's just beef. So. Okay. There's one that's so tasty, though. It's like all these fatty meats like mixed together. It's called kabanasi. It is so good. Okay, little speaking tip, though. If you, talk, if you describe it too well, now they're not thinking about anything <laughs> spiritual at all. <laughs> By the way, some South Africans that live here have just started making it here now. Since you can't Ooh. bring it in, they're just making it here. All right. So, I like it. Yeah. Okay, favorite foods, ladies. What do you got? Mom knows better than the kids sometimes. That's okay. Pop is, um, it's white and you... Hard to explain. For those who've been or know of Zimbabwe, it's like sadza, but we call it pop. All the different countries have a, in Southern Africa have mm. a different name for it. So it's like a cornmeal... Like a staple. Dish, yeah. yes. It's, but it's hard enough that you could cut it with a knife, oh, wow. but soft enough that you could squish it into a ball, and it's kind of like our staple food that you would eat with like a meat sauce. So yeah, Something we like pop. Sauce. Getting under. Justice said biltong. Mm. That's okay. Okay, Hope says lychees. I know oh. you guys have them here too, but we have them by the bucket and box in South Africa. <laughs> And Hope and I had a lychee eating contest, and I won by eating 23 lychees Woo! in a row. <laughs> Sometimes when you win, you're the loser. Did you have a stomach ache afterwards? I was okay, actually. I was surprised. Amanda was okay. coming, comes from a very competitive family, by the way, too. All right, let's give it up for the family, and I'm going to dismiss the kiddos along with the rest of our kids. Follow Matt in the back uh, off to class. Thank you, Eli. All right, and the rest of you can settle in. Um, the way we're going to do this is sort of interview style. Um, so I'd love for Ryan and Amanda, um, first, just to introduce yourself and where you serve and what you're doing currently. And maybe how long you've been doing it. Yeah, we, we serve in South Africa currently. I'm Ryan. Um, and we've been there a little under five years. So we started out in Zimbabwe uh, 10 years ago. We were there two years uh, we couldn't stay there. Uh, we got stuck here for a few months. We then went to Portugal to start learning Portuguese. Then we were in Mozambique for two years. So altogether, it's been 10 years. We've been in South Africa uh, for almost five years. And we are making disciples. Um, and it's catalytic. So uh, we're raising up people within their communities to be the leaders and take responsibility themselves. It, it's, it's a, we found over the years it's a much more effective way to break ground because there's so many cultural barriers. Uh, and so working alongside the, the nationals. Um, and then also, we, because we've been in a few different countries, we also serve leaders in those countries as well. It's still in Zimbabwe, in Mozambique, and uh, we just sent uh, a new uh, disciple to Malawi as well. Awesome. So cool. Um, so everyone has their favorite Puritan preacher. 
I'm sure you, I'm sure you all have yours. I know Matt does. Um, mine is Richard Baxter, and Richard Baxter, who lived hundreds of years ago, said this. He said that there's a single word that if you think often about and really carefully about, um, it'll change your life. And the word is eternity. And if you think about it, like if you're, if you're a sinner running from God and you think about eternity, it changes your perspective on, on earth. And if you're saved and you're a disciple of Jesus, man, it fundamentally changes what we're doing here, like day in and day out. That's a lead into this question. Um, you don't pick up your family. You're from the Pacific Northwest. You're from San Jose. You don't pick up your life and your family, move it overseas um, to serve a bunch of strangers that you don't know um, and may not have asked for you to come, um, and, yet, and yet you've done that. Share with me a little bit about your motivation of what, what led you to, 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 to do that. Um, and certainly, again, I think about you guys, and I think that eternity plays into our conversations. We had a great lunch the other day, and um, there's just eternity sort of in the mind of you. And I, I love that about you guys. So anyway, comment a little bit about what, what has you pick up from this area to go to Africa. Yeah, I think <clears throat> for me, uh, I, I always, I, I didn't grow up in a church. Uh, so when I got saved when I was 19, um, I knew how important it was for somebody to find Jesus and Jesus become mm-hmm. their treasure. And that was instantly my motivation. I felt like I grew up in such a privileged family. And yet I, I, ha- I had everything... Um, everything going for me, and yet I missed the most important thing in all of life, which was living the eternal kind of life. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that was the beginning. Um, I had many friends that were into missions, uh, but I was never exposed to overseas missions. And in 2005, I took a trip to South Africa, actually. It's kind of funny that we're there, because that's not where we started, but um, it was there that I had the same experience I had in America, sh- uh, sharing Christ with others, seeing them come to faith, but then seeing that on the, on the continent of Africa and uh, seeing how deep the hunger was there for that uh, as well. And, and that, that kind of was the first touch. And then um, I met Amanda and Amanda became a motivation as well because the first time I asked her out for a date, she actually told me how she was going to be a missionary. She didn't answer. She didn't say yes or no. She said, I'm going to be a missionary and uh, told me for the next half hour to an hour about that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, but Amanda and I started dating, got married um, after the process of Dave and others, uh, making sure I was okay. Uh, and then we took a trip to Zimbabwe mm-hmm. uh, for nine weeks and together we felt like, yeah, God's calling us to this nation and that's where we started. And I just want to say the Lord calls all of us to a lot of different things. And if we knew the cost ahead of time, we would say no. And, you know, I think about families who've adopted kids, families who've chosen to move into a different neighborhood, um, people who've walked into a job um, that was really challenging. And if you knew all the costs ahead of time, 
you, it would probably make us say no. But fortunately, we don't always know those things, which I think is a good thing. And I think if I had been told before we moved overseas, all right, this is what God's calling you to, but this is what it's going to cost you, I would have definitely said no. Um, but that's been part of our journey is going through it and meeting one challenge at a time and walking with the Lord through it. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's true for all of us as we walk through different seasons and different things. So we definitely feel called, but there's definitely been some, some rough moments where it seemed like the cost was, was too high for us or for our children. Um, so it's been quite a, quite a journey. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. You know, one of the things that we, we spend time doing here, thinking about focusing on here, is just each other's stories and paying attention to our own story. Like, God, what, what are you writing in the circumstances of our life? What are you writing on the internals of our, of our life? Um, and it's fun looking back, right, and hearing, like, what God put on your heart. Let me say to you, youth ministry matters. Um, you know, Amanda had some things put on her. Mindy was a long-term youth worker and is still in her life and played some small part. Um, and when we look back on it, we see God steering the story, right? But if our faith, if the gospel doesn't show up in our stories, then it's not real. It's just talk, right? It's just a bunch of words that have no power to it, no meaning to it. Listen to this. This is 2 Corinthians 3.3. It says, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human hearts. I want to just say publicly to you guys, just to bless you guys, um, man, it's evident that the gospel has taken root and has borne fruit in your lives. And it's really cool to see. Um, I've been I've been blessed. You guys have invited me and Becky into your life for a long time, and I can remember very clearly where I was standing when I got some news from you guys, some difficult news, um, along those lines of Wow, if we knew the cost on the front end, we'd probably say no. And that's why God, you know, calls us step at a time <laughs> and tells us what we can handle and what we need to know on the on the front end. But on that um, sort of on that note, um, if stories speak of the gospel taking, taking root and then bearing fruit in someone's lives. Um, this is a really open-ended question, and here's the clicker, Ryan. Um, can you share with us just what stories come to mind really recent or over your time there that, that, would, that would be a blessing to us to hear? Like, again, as you think of some, some individuals. Um, by the way, they came and shared with our youth, our youth group a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were still in jet, jet lag mode, and they're here running around playing capture the flag with our kids. These are some diehard uh, servants of our church, so appreciated that. But share some stories that, um, that again, just you see the, the, the gospel taking, taking root in someone's life. Yeah, let me let me share a simple one uh, because it's 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 been a journey as well just to figure out what does impact mm. people in Africa. And I think coming from our uh, Western cultural context, I was very much of the idea of my call is to go out and make stuff happen. Mm. And uh, when you hit those little hiccups like Dave was talking about that we've hit and we've said, man, maybe... We didn't realize it was going to cost us much. <clears throat> it really changes. It, it 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 really changes what you think is effective, and 
it 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 reminds you that you know we're not just machines that produce but but in the process of that jesus is discipling us and i i had an experience eight years back where we were here and i remember i wasn't producing anything and i didn't design this experience to be booted out of a country not able to get back in and all the while i'm wanting to make disciples and i'm saying i'm worth nothing now Uh, and I had a mentor ask me, um, well, maybe God just wants you to go on a walk today. Is that enough? You know, and, and asked me questions like, is, is, have you forgotten that Jesus is discipling you or you just focus on discipling others? And I realized, uh, that God was actually shaping me also for Africa because, uh, John 15, you know, talks about Jesus pruning us, you know, to bear fruit. And I realized, okay, God, you know, do I want fruit more than God wants fruit, or does he want fruit more than I want fruit? You know, I think he wants fruit more than we do, but we forget that he's actually uh, transforming us to get eternal fruit. And um, I learned this lesson with a couple people that I, a couple of leaders I worked with in Africa as well. I, I had one leader that was in our home a few years back and it was on the back end of a, an Africa meeting where we were trying to help the Africans take ownership and responsibility. And the thing just fell completely flat. And I was so depressed afterwards and I was hosting this leader in my home and he sat over to me one day and said, you, you and Amanda have the ingredients. And I said, what's he talking about? And um, I said, so what, do you, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? We have the ingredients. And he says, well, when I come in your home, your kids embrace me. Whenever I show up here, they sell, your whole family celebrates me. Mm. And I've been in many different homes mm. where I don't feel safe. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like family. And I realized I had been in so many meetings with this leader. I respect him. Uh, he's very fruitful, and he cared more about who I was. He cared more about what my family, my kids, were saying about Amanda and I. And I realize people are a lot more relational here uh, than I ever imagined. And I was thinking about what if I had designed my ministry around what I was learning at that point, but I was busy teaching people, organizing meetings, trying to get things done. And that's what really mattered with, with him. There's another leader named Sibu who I shared about last time, who is uh, Cape Town, South Africa's most wanted. And he said the same thing. And if you listen to Sibu every time he listens to another person doing Stop. ministry. Sorry, can you just clarify, like you just, that just rolled off your tongue. So... <laughs> Like, that just rolled off your tongue like that's no big deal. Most wanted, like, as a celebrity chef, most wanted for what? He was the most wanted criminal yeah, in the so city of Cape Town. He did this, some bad, bad things. Right. So this is Then he was in prison for a long, long time. Then he met Jesus. Now he's transformed. That's amazing. Like, that's really cool that that's, like, this is who Ryan and Amanda run with. Okay, keep going. Sorry. That's in my head. It was probably in someone else's head. Keep going. Yeah, so in Cebu... There's so many failures in ministry in Africa because sometimes you're you're working on the surface and you don't realize it. 
until a little while later. Or, or sometimes you came with a big vision. Uh, many of us have come with big visions in Africa, but we, we're not willing to pay the price to accomplish that vision. And Cebu, people like him have seen this so many times. And um, it's, it's funny sitting with him because he'll listen to a failure story and he'll say, hit and run, hit and run. Um, and, and it's just this, it's, it's this gap between what we want to accomplish and whether we're willing to pay the price for that. And, um, that's driven us into a very, uh, difficult community in South Africa. It's, it's gang infested Mm -hmm. and actually Cebu and I started discipling, uh, this guy named Mike. And Mike was in and out of prison 34 times. Uh, he, was at, he actually lived on the outside uh, because you get to choose whether you want to be in the gang on the inside or whether you want to be in the outside and serve people on the inside. And, um, yeah, we recently, Mike uh, started serving a brother named Franz. And Franz was uh, also a guy Mike knew in prison. And uh, he was beat up one night, and uh, they they broke his hip, broke his ankle, cracked his skull, and he was left on the train tracks. Um, and the security guards brought him to the hospital, and Mike started walking in. I don't know how Mike heard about him being in the hospital, but somehow they got word to him, and he started walking in, praying for him, believing for him to uh, walk again. And I'll never forget when we later baptized Franz because he said, uh, I knew Jesus was my savior, but I never knew what it meant for him to be Lord of my life until I saw Mike living it out in front of me. And, um, you know, sometimes we, this is the idea of modeling again and, um, what Dave mentioned earlier, even fathers in the homes, but sometimes we're, you know, we, we have the truth, we're quick to point, but sometimes we, we need to slow down and focus on what kind of, are we living this stuff? Because it it speaks powerfully to people and, and, uh, we can really point them to Jesus's lordship with our lifestyles like Mike did. And now, now Franz's, uh, has a place. He used to live in a tent abandoned house and uh he's he's got a bank account whenever i see him he says ryan i'm i'm learning for the to think for the first time mm-hmm. because uh people are so overtaught there they're never able to ask questions uh be engaged in discussion mm-hmm. and we're seeing people's lives transformed just by being able to read the scriptures for themselves ask questions about the scriptures so many of the leaders don't give them that space. Um, Franz also has a simple business with Mike that they've started. And, um, yeah, his, his, he's, he's helping others now. And, uh, to come from a prison background there where people really undermine you, uh, majorly, they don't celebrate any step forward many times in African cultures. They're not part of families that celebrate you. And so Mm. we're, putting a whole new DNA in that celebrates people, that pushes people forward, that holds people accountable. And and France is one of those uh, powerful shining stars that we have. That's so cool. 
Let me ask you guys this. Um, yeah. So while he's finding that, uh, Psalm 1 talks about the righteous that are planted by streams and that they produce fruit in their seasons. Um, you guys have already discussed a little bit. Um, I mean, one of the struggles probably with this area in particular, but Western church in general, is we want up and to the right graphs all the time, right? Bigger, better, more, all of that, without, without even considering seasons, right? Like we're changing seasons right now. Um, so, if, so if a tree planted by streams of living water stay hydrated, right, in ways that are unseen, so there's no rain for long periods of time, they, they remain fruitful even though dormant for a season. And I think that's what you were describing in one of those. So certainly in Africa, there are seasons of loads of rain and there are seasons of, of drought spiritually. So how do you guys, and maybe Amanda, you could start here. How do you stay, how do you just stay hydrated um, as a Christian first, but also as a mom, as a wife, as a husband and father, and then your ministry, what you guys do from there? You guys model this well. You were taught well at Valley. It's a huge value here that we're blessed to be a blessing at this church. Neighborhood Bible Church isn't blessed to store up blessing or ever be learning. It's to spill out. And in our homes, it's the same way, right? That we, we tend well to our own soul. We tend well to our family and let that spill out and, and share it with others. So here's the fundamental question. How do you stay hydrated, whether it's pouring or, or drought time um, over, over there in, in Africa? Just quickly, Franz is the guy in the middle. Justice mm. is kind of in the back <laughs> on this bottom right picture. That's and then so Mike's cool. on the left, and I think you can guess Ryan on the right. Mm. Um, it's been a lot of fun the baptisms. Yeah. <laughs> Justice might have you beat. Anyway. Um, yeah, so in terms of hydration. So I think in this last season for me, it's been really interesting to pursue more growing in Christ and community. Um, so I think just, I've been raised, you know, just naturally in the States, a lot of our faith mindset is more individualistic. Um, and I think there's absolutely an individual element of my relationship with God. But I also think there's some really amazing, um, aspects of growing in faith and being hydrated and nourished as a community. Um, so recently we've become part of a faith community that just, has been extremely encouraging for us. Um, and just walking out the things that we believe and in community together has been really special for me. Um, just being with different groups of women, um, praying and reading together and just sharing and talking together, um, worshiping together. It's just, I just have felt more nourished in my faith as a community, as a faith community. Um, so that's been a special new thing for me. Um, and I think it's important for me to like recognize that there's going to be various seasons. So to not always expect to be in a time of plenty and to know that if there's a drier season, that that's part of life. And that's not necessarily anything to be alarmed by, but to be aware that we go through different seasons, seasons where we feel, feel closer to God, seasons where we feel farther away, seasons where we feel more productive, seasons where we're resting. Um, and not to be like concerned about that, but to recognize the natural rhythm of how God's designed things for, 
the world for us, all those things. Um, so yeah, I think that's been a special thing for me is just to be experiencing more relationship with God and community. It's just been a really special blessing in the last, I'd say, two years particularly. Um, in, in our past years, we'd always been part of communities where we were treated as like special or, you know, just ex- think people expecting things from us. But um, the recent church we've been part of, we've just been embraced as just a normal family. And it's just been really life-giving. Mm-hmm. And really life-giving just to be in consistent, con- constant communication and relationship with other people. Um, so that's just been a big, big blessing from the Lord the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for me, um, I have a a group of 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 uh men that I journey with in in making disciples that I've been doing for the last 8 years um and one of them is our our old CEO um in our organization and that is a source of life for me um I've also in the vein of being a disciple um have learned to slow down which mm-hmm. is one of the the things I have up here and um, and be with God. And one of the practices I've been doing the last few years is, is silence. Um, I don't know why I didn't do this spiritual discipline before, but and I'm not saying it's a magic thing or anything, but for some reason um, I've needed it. Uh, I feel... It, it makes me more present with people. Uh, it allows me to open my uh, heart to the Lord as well and, and be a listener. Sometimes I think we're, we're talkers with God, but we haven't learned well how to listen. Mm. And um, it, it, it's made me more present with him, uh, more aware of myself, even in leadership and conversations. And so uh, it's the first thing I do every morning my coffee, silence, and, uh, the word. And, uh, so Mm. yeah, I have, I have some, some good, uh, phrases up here that kind of speak to this, but you know, one of them is, am I in the world for God or am, am I in God for the world? Um, and there's a big difference uh, there between doing something for and, and being in somebody, you know, doing stuff with God. Actually, there's a good book out there. It's called With, and it talks about different postures we, we have with God and, and uh, how he wants us to do things with him. Um, the one who hurries delays the things of God. That's kind of counterintuitive. Uh, especially for us here. Um, your number one work is being deeply connected to the Father, yourself, and those closest to you. Um, slowing myself down is the most loving thing I can do for other people. Um, and it's scriptural as well. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew out to out-of-the-way places for prayer. Um, so... Yeah, I think prioritizing prayer, listening to God, and that being something that is not a secondary thing, but it's a primary thing. Um, 
is has has been how I stay hydrated, and I I haven't always done this. I'll be honest. Um, it's 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 been uh, something I've I've learned, and and just maybe through crushing, maybe through just feeling like I need to be doing what I do at rest with him and relaxing in him instead of striving. Um, yeah. We have a phrase. You guys are just nailing this, but. One of, our, one of our headings is simple, and we don't do a whole lot around here in an effort to allow people to do the good work of ministering in the home, do the good work of being neighbors to neighbors that we aren't their neighbors. They're, we're all individual neighbors, right? The church goes wherever it is. But it's this. It's rest in the finished work so that I can strive at the good work. And for me, I'm like you, same thing, almost daily. I have to stop and just rest in, you know, there's nothing I'm going to do that's going to earn God's favor. God doesn't need us in Africa to win Africa, right, for Jesus, to win the Silicon Valley for Jesus. Um, And yet, resting in that doesn't leave us dormant, doesn't leave us just endlessly doing potlucks and prayer sessions. Man, there's a so that we can strive at the good work. Um, So that sounds counterintuitive too, rest so that you can strive. But world's difference, and it, it, that first line kind of kind of true. Listen, um, we're gonna we're gonna pull an audible band if you're out there, <laughs> um, and I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have Chuck come on up really quick. Um, we have something we refer to all the time around here as the Go Team. That stands for Global Outreach. There's a Global Outreach team that very specifically pays attention to world missions, um, and the Burlsons are one of a handful of missionaries that. Uh, every single time you give a dollar to NBC, uh, you are funding their work. You are a part of their ministry. And so it's very worthwhile. We feel really privileged that you guys would take an entire Sunday with us um, to, to be able to do that. Uh, it's going to help inform us how to pray. Chuck's going to just lead us. We're just going to spend time in prayer as a church right now. Uh, I was actually saying, band, we're not doing the song right now. <laughs> Everyone got all excited. <laughs> The, the audible is go sit down. <laughs> we love you guys. Love you. Go we sit down. We love you guys anyway. <laughs> um, so let's pray. Um, listen, you guys, we, we can all be off stage while we pray. We're just going to pray as a community. I do want to make mention uh, at 1230 today after second service before third service, um, the Go team is just hosting a lunch where we're going to have the, the Burleson family. We'll get to interact with them, share lunch with them. Um, and then Matt and the team have woven together the Advent wreath-making um, deal. So uh, there's no cost for that. Um, hopefully you signed up. If you don't, come anyways. We're casual. Uh, but that'll be happening at 1230. We'll, we'll just get to spend some more time with you guys. But um, can we just thank them? Like, thank you guys so much for coming. Um, appreciate, appreciate you sharing. And, and Thank uh, you, too. What's yeah. that? Thank you, too, because it's been 10 years. I yeah. mean, that's a long time people have have partnered with us, been generous to us with prayers, uh, and, and financially. And I, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I well up when I think about that in prayer because it's a long time. It's a long time. So thank you for your faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you guys.